Back in 2010, I emailed Brad a screen capture from a show we played at the Bar Lazard in 1996. Him at the microphone, eyes shut, wearing a billowy white t-shirt with a black cross he sewed on himself, me next to him, focused on the bass, a half-smile and a halo of lights behind my head. He wrote back, excellent screenshot, Scott. Sigh. It made me think about how hard we pushed in concert and on tape, to make it seem like it was the last song we would do ever, always pushing. Probably could not have done that for long, to be honest. We definitely took it as far as we could. I'm listening to the Sofa Live audio at the moment. Damn it, it sounds good. But again, we were just pushing as much as we could. I was a little surprised to hear him say this. I mean, I thought this was a given. We did meet all those nights each week to write and play an uncompromising music, but I guess I see his point. We did try hard, and failed quite a bit. Trying at anything, looking like you were trying at anything, in the irony-drenched mid-1990s was no one's recipe for success, but it wouldn't have worked for us any other way. We were, as a unit, too uptight, too OCD to be a sloppy bar band like the Stones or the Replacements. We shied away from many of the professional songwriters' tricks of the trade. Oh, we used a few. The riff, a repetition of a guitar or bass line, sure. The common verse-chorus-verse structure, yeah, kind of. Oh, war without sound. 
But there's the rub. In the early days, Brad was not averse to writing a lyric that could be sung or sung along to. Something's on your side, star, half bad, every need. The ratio of songs with lyrics an audience member could pick out and latch onto, sing or hum noticeably dipped after test tone as we got into the songs that would comprise Town Unsafe and Record. We could still do it, as in So Around or Weather, but it almost felt random when we came upon those moments, or begrudging. There was a deep-seated suspicion of pop, the popular in the band, and for the most part it didn't come from me. I was happy to be exploring a consistently darker form of music than I had previously known, and held my own in that respect with my bandmates, but I never turned my back on a good pop song, and I never would. I did still listen to Crowded House and The Beatles and Chris Isaac. I enjoyed Lisa Loeb and Sheryl Crow on the radio, at least sometimes. I don't mean to paint the others in an unfair light. I just think I was at the far end of a spectrum, is all, with guitarist Ian at the other, Brad and Keith somewhere in between us. I don't mean either that Ian was dead set against openly communicating with the listener or against beautiful sounds, though he was a master of discord. Listening to our music this much lately, I remember what an inventive and exciting musician he was to play with, and I miss him for that. I just think there was a tension in our styles and tastes that actually contributed to much of what I loved about the sofa sound. and I did notice that Brad and Ian would conference about the direction songs were going in, and by extension the direction the band was going in. It started to feel like the balance was shifting toward a more often than not inaudible vocalist. Brad and I were both fans of R.E.M., and even Michael Stipe was famously difficult to comprehend on their first few albums, but they always had gorgeous melodies and even if you couldn't make out the lyrics, he was loud enough in the mix that your ear would still go along for the ride. Sofa, though, would be Sofa, not R.E.M. or Pearl Jam, not Radiohead or even Joy Division. We did still have melody. Ian's friend Aiden, who had been our booster in the early years, lamented what he called our turn away from melody. But Ian defended our later stuff, saying the melodies were still there, you just had to work harder to hear them.
sleek snacks and So 1996 was an exciting and frustrating year. We were playing higher-profile shows in Montreal, benefits with other acts that were or would become well-known, Rufus and Martha Wainwright, Godspeed You Black Emperor, John S. Hall from King Missile, Polvo. We played Ottawa again and, I suppose, got a little taste of what all those musicians I'd listened to my whole life knew already, the glamour of piling into a Ford Econo line or Suzuki sidekick with all your gears minimal. But everyone else had done it. Husker Du and Fugazi, the Minutemen and Nirvana, Kiss and Brian Adams, the Runaways and the B-52s, Neil Young and the Guess Who and the Hawks and Dylan, the King and Chuck and Buddy and Roy. I was thrilled to climb in and pay those dues. I loved getting out of the van near the market in Ottawa or on the Queen West Strip in Toronto, knowing few, feeling like a bit of an invader, a vague sense of promise before we'd enter the club, and soon see that it was pretty much like any club back home, only with fewer supporters in the house. we had a man who did support us. He was a smart one, with a career in the pharmaceutical industry, and he wanted out. His passion was for music. He didn't play it, as far as I knew, but he and Ian were soon very fast friends, hatching a plot to start a record label that would document the music of the Montreal underground. Don and Ian were both tall and thin and pale and fair, favoring vintage style and wearing dark-rimmed glasses, I took to calling them Donyan, and Keith and Brad soon picked it up. Plans were drawn up, though. Sofa would go into the studio again, for real, to record a fourth album. The new label, Constellation Records, would make this its first release. Well, no, wait. Before this, our old friend John Asensio had a scheme to launch his own label, Sissy Fit, and he wanted to release a seven-inch record featuring two songs from the Sofa cassette record. This soon became a co-release with Constellation, and then I think the money fell through on the Sisyphid end. It would be released 
as CST-001. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Episode 68, Source Crossfire. Written and read by Scott Clarkson. Music by Sofa and Garner Firebird. The Great Unraveling or a Trio from Baltimore, Maryland. Demons Lingers from a 1997 self-titled CD released on Kill Rock Stars. And from Montreal before that, Sofa, track called With It from a 1997 7-inch. And Sofa Watchers have always thought that they have never, as a band, gotten a fair attention shake, which, uh, as an idea, segs very nicely into the subtext of our current contest. It's a nomination contest we're going to do a draw and give away 10 t-shirts so you don't have to be particularly clever, creative, or uh, be a...